The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 to 12 and 16 to 20. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Go your way. Look, I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Do not carry a money bag or traveler's bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone along the way. Whenever you enter a house, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a peaceful person is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking what they give you, because the worker is worthy of his pay. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are in that town and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust from your town that clings to your feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom on that day than for that town. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He told them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Look, I am giving you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will ever harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names have been written in heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Savior Jesus is sending out 72 missionaries. And as Jesus sends them out, he gives them directions, instructions on how to do their work. He tells them what to take with them and what to leave behind, where to go, what to say, what to do when they are welcomed and when they are rejected, how long to stay, when to leave. A lot of instructions, commands to these missionaries on how to do their work. Later, after the 72 go out and they start to do their mission work, they come back to Jesus and they are thrilled. They report to Jesus, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, in response to that report, the Lord Jesus gives these missionaries one more command, one more direction. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names have been written in heaven. Now today, we are going to apply what Jesus tells these 72 to ourselves and our own work of spreading God's word. And we're not going to try to apply all of it because a lot of what Jesus tells these 72 missionaries is specific just to them. God doesn't repeat it for all Christians of all time, but some of it he does. And that's what we're going to apply to ourselves. And if we are going to apply what our Savior Jesus says to these 72, to our own work of spreading God's word, we really need to start at the end. 
we have to start with the very last direction that Jesus gave these missionaries. Rejoice that your names have been written in heaven. Now as soon as you hear that picture Jesus uses of names being written in heaven, it, kind of, it pulls the Christian mind back to the prophet Daniel back in the Old Testament. It also pulls the mind forward to St. John's Revelation at the very end of Scripture because both of those prophets use this image of a book of life that God has in heaven. A book where names are written. And on the last day it says God is going to open this book of life in heaven and everyone whose name is found written there in heaven in that book of life will live forever, will inherit the kingdom of God. Which leads to a very important question. How do you get your name in there? Right? How do you know when that book is opened up on the last day that your name is going to be written in the book of life, written in heaven, and you, along with countless others, will inherit that heavenly kingdom and live forever? Well, actually, at this very moment, Jesus is sending out these 72 missionaries with the message that God uses to write names in heaven, to write names in that book of life. And this is the message that God uses to do it. It's the message that Jesus tells these 72 to proclaim in places where they are welcomed and supported and also places where they are rejected and driven away. The kingdom of God has come near to you. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down from heaven to earth, he came down from the heavenly kingdom to bring that kingdom near to you and me, to open it up to us. See, we are sinful people, which means the kingdom of heaven is not just far away from us, it's unreachable. We can never get to it, we can never enter that kingdom of heaven on our own worthiness. So Jesus came down from the kingdom to bring it to us, to open the kingdom of heaven up to us. For all of our sinfulness, Jesus came into our sinful world and he always spoke God's word truthfully and faithfully. He always kept every one of God's commands perfectly and maintained perfect trust in his heavenly Father always. And with that holy life Jesus lived, he was bringing the kingdom of God to us, opening it up to us. See, through faith in Jesus, we get that perfection. We have the holiness that we need to enter the eternal kingdom. So with his perfect life, Jesus brought us the kingdom of heaven and with his death on the cross, he opened that kingdom up to us too because when he shed for his blood for us on the cross, he was paying the price for all of our sins, washing them all away. Now, in Jesus, we are holy, our sins are gone. We can enter the heavenly kingdom and live with our Father. And Jesus' resurrection on Easter proves to us that this saving work he did was successful. That his work of saving us worked. Jesus came down from the heavenly kingdom to open it up to us, to bring that kingdom to us. And Jesus now is sending out these 72 with that message for the rest of the people in the world so that more and more people will come to faith in Jesus. And every time one does, God will be writing another name in that book of life in heaven, another name written in heaven that will inherit that kingdom forever. Jesus is telling these 72, first and foremost, to rejoice that their own names are written there in heaven. 
that they believe in Jesus, that the heavenly kingdom belongs to them in Christ. And then, in that joy, Jesus sends them out to tell others, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So now, here's what you and I and all of God's people have in common with these 72. It's not the command that we have to go out two by two necessarily, or that we shouldn't take money with us, or that we shouldn't say hello to anybody on the way, but this is the command that we have in common. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Sisters and brothers in Christ, start by rejoicing that your name is written in heaven. The Holy Spirit has brought you to faith in your Savior Jesus. And for most of us, that happened in baptism when the Holy Spirit planted Christian faith in our hearts. And ever since then, with every communion, with every proclamation of how Jesus brings the kingdom near to you, the Spirit has been refreshing that saving faith in Jesus. So you know that on the last day, when that book of life is opened, your name is going to be there, along with countless other believers in Jesus who will inherit the heavenly kingdom with you. This simple truth God uses to fill our hearts with joy. Your name and mine written in the heavenly kingdom. And then, in the joy of knowing that our names are written in heaven, we go out to the people around us to tell them the kingdom of God has come near to them in Christ. We take that message into our own homes, to our own children and grandchildren, to tell them what Jesus has done for them with his life, his death, and his resurrection. We take that message to neighbors and co-workers. We take that message to our community by supporting and working with this congregation. We take that message to the whole world by praying for missionaries, asking God to send more of them out, as Jesus told us to, giving our offerings to support their work. First, we thank God that he has written our names in heaven, and then, with that joy in our hearts, we proclaim to the world, to everyone around us, that the kingdom of God in Christ has come near to them. Now this past week, here at Trinity, we had the joy and the privilege of telling little children what God has done for them in Jesus. Some of those children were members of this congregation already. Others were members of families who are friends of the congregation, and there were quite a few faces that I at least had, had never seen before at this vacation Bible school. And the work we did this last week, it wasn't exactly like the work these 72 did. There was no shaking dust off of sandals. And there were no scorpions or snakes, at least not that I saw. You know, you can't watch the children every minute, but I don't think there were any scorpions or snakes involved last week. But the message of the kingdom was there. It was there in the Bible stories, it was there in the crafts and in the songs, it's even there during snacks and games, during the quiet conversations that go on during those times. God filled the people in this congregation with the joy of knowing that their own names are written in heaven, and in that joy, he gave us the privilege of telling little souls what Jesus has done for them. You know, when these 72, full of joy, went out with that message, it worked. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He told them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
A few weeks ago, a nice lady in this congregation asked me a deep question. And she did it at the time when people usually ask me these profound questions, which is right after church, when I'm mentally exhausted. And uh, I'm not complaining, it's fine. Now, if you wanted to call on like Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon with a deep question, that would be okay too. But anyway, she asked, is it ever okay for a Christian to hate? And the answer to that question is yes. Not only is it okay sometimes for Christians to hate, but there are some things that Christians must hate all the time. And if you don't want to take my word for it, wait for the second lesson next Sunday when you will hear St. Paul say, quote, hate what is evil, unquote. Christians must always hate the same things that God hates. God hates sin. God hates Satan. We hate those things too because they hate God and we are his children. We are on his team. So we hate what he hates. When the 72 proclaimed the kingdom of heaven, sin and Satan, what God hates, were losing. Sin was losing. Every time another person came to faith and God saw them as holy through faith in his son, sin lost its grip on that soul. Satan was losing his grip on souls for eternity as more and more names were written in the kingdom of heaven. This is why Jesus says, when they were out preaching the gospel, he saw Satan fall like lightning. Whenever the good news of the kingdom is proclaimed, what God hates loses. Jesus and his gospel win as he takes hold of more and more hearts for eternity. Now we prayed for good weather for our vacation Bible school and it was really hot, but at least we didn't get any rain. For the most part, God answered our prayer with a yes for good weather. But, even though you might not have seen it, there was lightning last week. Satan still falls like lightning whenever the gospel of Christ is proclaimed. He fell like lightning as little souls learned about their Savior and either came to faith in him or grew in faith. You see, this is part of the privilege when God gives us this work. Whether it's at a vacation Bible school, or a quiet conversation with a friend, or around the dinner table with your children and grandchildren, whenever you proclaim what Jesus has done, you get to play your own little part in God's work of crushing his enemies, of smashing sin and Satan. So now, if this is where Jesus left it, if this is all he had to tell us, I think we would feel a lot of pressure and a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety while we did this work. Every time we told someone about the kingdom and they did not believe it, we would have to think, well, why didn't it work? What did I do wrong? And it's really out of love to comfort these missionaries and to comfort all of his people that Jesus says, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. God is the one responsible for bringing people to faith with this message. The good news of the kingdom goes out. The Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit with that message, and it's the Spirit who works in hearts to bring people to faith. So whenever a person hears the gospel and believes, you just thank the Holy Spirit for doing that miracle. And if somebody hears it and they don't believe, then you don't have to beat yourself up for it, and you don't have to think, well, 
how can I argue them into it? How can I go back and, and force them to believe? Well, bringing them to faith is the work of the Holy Spirit. Whatever happens, it's never our personal success or our personal failure. So there is no pressure. There is no worry or anxiety in this work at all. It is just the joy of knowing that your name is written in heaven and the joy of getting to proclaim that work to others. So, it is right for us to be thankful today to all the volunteers and leaders who worked at this year's Vacation Bible School. And it's right to be thankful to all of the families who sent their children here to learn about the kingdom of Christ and what he has done for us. And to hope that if any of those families don't already have a church where they get to hear that good news, that they might think about making Trinity theirs. But the most important thing for us to do at the end of this week is to thank God. Because he gives us the opportunities to do this work, and not just at a vacation Bible school, but our whole lives, to be filled with joy, knowing that heaven is ours, and then tell others that the kingdom has come near to them, and to know that when we are doing it, God is writing more and more names in heaven. God is crushing and smashing his enemies of sin and Satan. And to do it all with the comfort of knowing that God is the one who will bring people to faith. All we get to do is rejoice and speak good news. So, rejoice and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Amen.